Hello, everybody, and welcome to Those Who Pod, presented by MGO Dow. My name is Reese, here with WD and Pilliam. What's going on, fellas? Doing good. What's up, guys? What's going on? Um, so, yeah. Busy week last week. Um, of course, there was the Michigan State game. Uh, we can't really ignore the tragic event that took place prior to that game, um, but on a higher note it was nice to kind of see uh the two schools come together and um you know support each other uh during the game especially with uh some students in the maze rage uh supporting michigan state and uh i don't know just feels kind of like a um you know wholesome moment in the rivalry uh that followed uh some pretty terrible events so uh what was your take from that wd yeah that was uh that was very um necessary to have some some sort of um recognition of what had happened personally i don't think the game should have even have been played um it was just you know uh, i i think uh, like a game of that magnitude or not really the game but the events of the magnitude that took place tragic events i, I think that that should have been observed a little longer um i, I my heart breaks for everybody over there especially the families of the victims uh, and that entire campus community, I continue to pray for them all, uh, and especially for Brian Frazier, Alexandria Werner, and Ariel Anderson, who lost their lives tragically. Just very sad situation, and I hope for nothing but the best for their families in the healing process. Absolutely. How about you, Pilliam? Yeah, I mean, you know, it really was a tragic event and just kind of surreal. You know, I mean, I, I can only imagine what it was like for the people up there. Um, I mean, it's just a terrifying thing to happen. Uh, you never wish this, you know, period just in the world. It's just a truly disgusting thing. And I, you know, I feel terrible for really the whole campus as well as the families of the victims. But I mean, really everyone, I bet on that campus is a state of shock. I remember I, where I was, you know, I first heard the news. I was just driving my friend and my friend's brother uh, currently goes to MSU. And, uh, you know, he was on campus and uh, just kind of like calling in to make sure that, you know, he's was all right. It's just a really terrifying thing to do, because, I mean, I know. I mean, this is the second time this has happened to, uh, you know, there's been a lockdown in place order with someone that uh, that I know. One of my friends was at UVA when they had the uh, the killings there at the football players. And now I've had it, what happened with friends at Michigan State. And I mean, it's just it's just horrific. It's something I, I hate. I hate that I, you know, I, I wasn't even there, but I hate that I had to worry about my friend's safety and people I care about. And I mean, tragically, there's a few people that aren't going to come home from this. Like that's, that's really scary. And it's, it's cruel and unfair. And I mean, I don't think I'm really, you know, the best person really like, you know, speak on this issue, but I mean, it really was just terrible. And I mean, it, it's just terrifying. Even I, I, like even just being outside and, you know, as far as like how, you know, the U of M communities handled it. I'm, I'm appreciative of how the majority of people have handled it in our community, you know, because I mean, ultimately, like I said, these are ultimately our friends, family members, a lot of people we know and love, you know, go to Michigan State or are affiliated with the university, you know, so to have this happen to them is kind of, you know, kind of hits home for us as well. I can only speak for myself and in that regard, but I'm sure for many of, you know, I'm sure for WD and uh, Dow is the same as well for anyone else listening. But it, yeah, I mean, you know, it's really a tragic event. I, you know, I, I don't really have 
much words for it as far as you know like the anger i feel towards you know what happened and etc i mean as far as how it's been handled post um you know i kind of agree with wd i don't think it should have been played i think it was a kind of a uh a little premature i think that you know our two communities are trying the best try, try the best they can just to kind of cope with what's kind of happened uh really there's there's no way around it i feel like so you know but i mean hopefully you know you just try to love each other more you know etc and that's kind of how i'm kind of feeling about this whole thing it really is just terrible it kind of has me at a loss for words every time i kind of think about it that happened so close to home to a place, you know, I, I mean, I've toured Michigan State, I visited friends there, and it's just kind of crazy that that happened there. And I had to text people who were less than a thousand feet away from where it happened. And that's just really terrifying. So, you know, as far as, yeah, I think that's kind of all I have to say on, you know, kind of what happened. Yeah, I was also kind of surprised that they played the game on Saturday. And uh, yeah, just my heart goes out to everyone affected by the tragedy, especially the three students that lost their lives and the ones that were injured. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are going to be carrying that with them the rest of their lives. So, um, just terrible to see. And, uh, yeah, I have, I have nothing else to say on that. Um, so yeah, now, uh, I guess we'll try to attempt to discuss a basketball game. Um, so Michigan did win the game. Um, it was, you know, kind of a, huge turn of events this season i kind of felt like um definitely watching down the stretch i did not expect them to win um doug mcdaniel uh played a great game terrace played a great game a couple freshmen um yeah what, what was your takeaway from this uh wd uh the most of the game was just kind of playing out how most of our games um against decent teams have felt this year where we, we go behind and then we, we catch up and then you know, almost almost take the lead back and then fall behind another five or six points. It was just kind of the same frustrating thing, and there were a lot of pretty bad defensive lapses, as we've seen all season in the first half. Um, but to only be down, uh, like, well, I think down four at halftime, I mean, that was a good position to be in, but um, I was going to wait and see. I really believed it, that, that we this team would pull it out, and uh, they did, and Doug McDaniel stepped up. I mean, he... He did nothing when we played them in January, and this game, he was our leading scorer. Uh, we don't win that game without Doug McDaniel having the game he had that night. Uh, and then, obviously, the lineup with uh, Terrace, Reed, and Hunter gave them fits, and I, I actually did see a, a State fan say that uh, that game was lost for them right when that lineup was having success. They just didn't have an answer for it with the two powerful bigs. Um, so, yeah, that, that was really... Um, that was a really encouraging win, I think, because we did get over the hump in the second half and did get a win over what should be an NCAA tournament team. Um, so, yeah, that, that that was really, you know, I mean, you can even hang your head on this. Even in a bad year, which I think this is a bad year just based on <laughs> the record and how things play out, even in a bad year, we still beat Ohio State and MSU. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Absolutely. We'll take that. How about you, Pilliam? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, a part of the game that I kind of want to discuss is just the atmosphere itself. I thought the maze rage and, you know, the entire fan base did a really good job of showing up, which is something I kind of wanted to, you know, publicly applaud. Because, I mean, I feel like for a while we've kind of come on here and said, hey, where is everyone? Uh, you know, it feels kind of dead and Chrysler. And that was the first time in a couple years now where it's really felt, you know, like a great home environment, 
you know, at least I was watching from TV. So it, it sounded great, looked great. So that I kind of want to give a you know round of applause to you know everyone involved that was there. Uh, everyone there did a great job. And as far as you know, the game itself, well, you guys kind of went over. I mean, Doug started out great. He had a, he had an incredible game, in my opinion. Really played well all the way through. Started off hot, continued hot. I mean, he's he's gonna be a great player, Doug. I, I really love his game. He's the game is really slowing down for him more and more, which is just really encouraging to see from a you know basketball sense. You know, two or three years from now, he might be the best point guard of the big time or even next year is early as quickly as he's learning the game there is a chance that he could uh you know be that level of player like an xavier simpson or you know Derek walton so it's really cool to see like i mean i don't think we're at it like a trade for equipment like that like you know like a level below but as far as a guard position but you know it's uh it's encouraging to see that a lot of our young guys another guy that you know is young that really stepped up was terrace and when we had that double big man lineup with uh dickinson and reed it felt like the game kind of got popped open a little bit it was a typical michigan game for most of the game then uh you know, kind of flipped on when we had those two big guys in. And that kind of makes sense from a coaching perspective when we consider, you know, Michigan State's roster doesn't really have a true center as of right now that's really, you know, like uh, like well-seasoned. You know, Kohler's brand new, and they have number 15, which I'm his name is uh, currently slipping my mind. But, uh, you know, they have two bigger guys, but they're, they're young, they're freshmen. And they simply just didn't have the size for Reed and Dickinson and what they kind of brought to the game. And, you know, it, you know, Reed really played well. I mean, you know, we've had we've kind of complained about the whole free throw issue, and there was a little bit of that, you know, when he got fouled. But for most of the time, I thought his stroke looked really good. He really shot well. He played incredible defense, which is something we've needed from this team all year. Was someone to kind of step up and be that guy on defense, that kind of dog. And I thought that he really came on, did a great job. Um, yeah, I mean, all around, really good game. Another really solid game for Kobe as well. You know, Dickinson always, you know, he was kind of doing, he was kind of a quieter game for Dickinson, but he still had a solid game all the way around. Uh, nothing you really asked for. But I mean, I, I, like I said, I think that uh, that Terrace Dickinson lineup really is how we should go for the rest of the year. Cause I just, I don't know if Shutter, as much as I like what he could become, I don't know if right now he's ready for that type of role. And I think that, you know, having that Reed Dickinson lineup, it, they complement each other incredibly well. And, you know, I wouldn't work with every center, but, you know, where Dickinson's kind of like a, if I'm going to compare it to like an NBA term, is more of a, uh, like a Jokic type player where, you know, he's offensively focused, you know, pass as well, you know, can't really dribble but like Jokic, but, you know, kind of like a, like a, like a proto Yoda, Jokic in a way. And, you know, Reed's kind of a, uh, like a Kenneth Reed type player where it's, you know, a lot of defense rebounds, you know, like, you know, high flying stuff. It's, it's, you know, it's gritty and it's aggressive. Those two type of guys can play together. And so I'm really happy we've seen the coaching staff kind of use that more. Um, you know, as far as what I didn't like about the MSU game, obviously Jet's injury is uh, concerning. Uh, you know, he didn't have Jet didn't have his best game uh, for state, but I mean, you know, I, I'm more concerned about his health at this point because he still is a, a very valuable part of the team. If we have a you know first round NBA guy, you know, you want him on the floor no matter what, even if he's struggling because just what he brings to the table. So. You know, just, you know, I think the rest of the way, just continue to play strong. I think that this team has the potential to. I'm kind of looking ahead. I think the schedule is favorable. And I think that, you know, if we start going with those lines, we get Jet back healthy, there is a chance, you know, for a run of the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, so, um, I mean, Jet, or uh, Doug came out absolutely firing this game. He started a five for five. Uh, my hot take from this is that, uh, Doug is our best offensive point guard since Trey Burke um, as, as a freshman. Um, I, d I don't think X and Walton were at this level as freshmen. Um, yeah, of, of course, 
he uh you know they were very hard workers end up being great players here but um i just think this early it's very encouraging to see his level of play and uh the trajectory that him and terrace are on is uh very exciting um you know making me making me excited to watch next year um you know it'd be nice to get not only jeff but now we're hoping we get kobe back next year uh the way he's playing um playing himself in the first round right now um but yeah i mean uh, very promising. Uh, yeah, Will Shatter um, pr- might be one of those guys that's just like better coming off the bench right now. Um, was a little over his head with uh, Joey Hauser. Uh, I think once Terrace got in there, uh, they were able to hold him a little bit more. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it was just encouraging to win this type of game with an off night from Jet. Uh, Terrace making a ton of plays down the stretch. Uh, Hunter with that big three, I just kind of felt like everyone's making three, uh, making plays. Um, my favorite sequence was at the end of the game where, uh, Baker airballs a three off Hauser and it goes out of bounds. And then, uh, Bufkin had that bobble three where he just threw it up toward the end of the, yeah, I think it was the end of the shot clock. <laughs> I made a very, uh, wild noise, uh, in my own apartment at that time because I did not expect that ball to go in. Um, but what a play by Kobe there. And then uh, I think it was the next possession. You get the terrace block down at the other end, and then Dixon comes down and hits a three to basically seal the deal. Um, just a great way to end the game. Um, and, yeah, it was you know kind of a fun one to watch for once. Um, and, yeah, I'm kind of wondering if, um, you know, if we were to take some positives out of this game, um, you know, is this a bit of a refresh on the rivalry where uh, maybe, you know, the spirits are up a little bit more. Um, Maybe it's not so negative. Um, I know a lot of times in the past, I've kind of dreaded playing Michigan state a little bit more um, than, you know, I look forward to it. Just kind of want to get the game over with, but uh, I don't know. This one just kind of felt like it was fun. Um, You know, like I said, good spirits and I don't know, could this be a a new leaf for this rivalry? I think, with the passage of time, um, it'll probably revert back to similar, uh, the similar way of, you know, what we all know of what the rivalry has been the last 10 years. Um, maybe basketball will be a bit different just because of how blown away that it seemed, uh, like Tom Izzo was with how, uh, Michigan treated them on Saturday. I mean, it was a pretty first class treatment by the university. Um, so maybe it, it, it puts some cold water on the basketball rivalry a little bit. Um, but as I mean, if we're, we're talking football, I really don't think it's going to have an effect on that, especially after the, you know, the tunnel incident this past fall. Um, it, it has really gotten nasty for sure between fan bases um, to the point where I really don't even want to speak to any MSU fans on Twitter unless they're very respectful and uh not throwing personal attacks. Cause I mean, and you know, I know there's people on both sides that do that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I see a lot of people saying that like, Oh, this is the hatred's gone. I saw an article over by 90 where the hatreds said the hatred's gone. I, I don't think that's accurate. I think as time goes on, things will kind of get, go back to normal a bit. Um, but there definitely is an unhealthy vitriol in this rivalry that is kind of not there with the Ohio state one. Um, don't get me wrong. That's our biggest rival and we hate them, but it's a different, it's, it's distinctly different from the more personal nature that the Michigan MSU rivalry has taken on in, in the last 
10, 15 years, I would say. Yeah, I kind of wonder if, uh, you know, with with Tunnelgate and uh, everything that, you know, the rivalry came kind of came to a head at that point. And uh, I don't know, it kind of feels like the football players know they need to get their acts together. Um, you know, the coaches, the administrations are kind of, you know, I think everyone needs to pump the brakes a little bit on this rivalry, I think. So maybe it's just wishful thinking, but um, I don't know. I enjoyed this game and I was ho- I'm hoping that, uh, yeah, maybe we can all realize that, you know, we all we're all friends here, um, but we'll see. Time will tell. Because um, I mean, it it didn't used to be. It was not always like this. It was. I can take you back to a time when I was a kid. I remember uh, people commonly saying, you know, I I root for. I I wish you know for MSU to do well, except when they're playing Michigan because they're a state of Michigan team, you know, uh, and that completely kind of was dismantled. I think with D'Antonio coming in and uh, taking a flamethrower uh, to some gasoline with this rivalry uh, and making it like a, a pretty, I, I really attribute it to him because it really wasn't like this prior to him getting there. Um, but that doesn't mean things can change or that doesn't mean it has to stay that way forever. Um, you know, maybe this does have an effect and change things. I just have a little more pessimistic view on, on that, but uh, Pillion, I mean, what do you think? Uh, so, you know, I've kind of been uh, feeling this way for a few months where I've kind of I've kind of stepped out of the trolling the MSU game. Because I feel like for a while, especially when the tunnel incident happened, I was like, okay, this is like gone too far. Um, you know, it seems like the majority of the fan bases have had some reconciliation where there's more respect between the two and, you know, care for the two. For the two. So that's obviously signing the right direction. There have been some idiots uh, that I won't name on both sides here that I think have taken things either in in ways I just don't think are true, such as, you know, either some people on the Michigan side being absolutely callous towards a tragedy that is truly horrific. And I'm really disgusted by those people and I don't even really want to get into it. And then, uh, yeah. And then you have some people on a very minority of people on the state side who are saying, Hey, we don't think that you guys are being sincere in how you feel. And I think that that is pretty toxic as well because it kind of just, you know, yeah, they have to realize, hey, like I have friends and family and, you know, people that I am you know, close to that I went there that are deeply affected by us and I care about them a lot. And I'd say the majority of Michigan fans feel the exact same way I, as I do. And I think that that's just really disgusting that some of those, uh, some of the people who I won't name have been kind of acting like that. So I, I think for the majority of people, things hopefully get better i'm gonna be more optimistic and say they will because i think both administrations you know if we were to you know have an internal you know fly on the wall type of view are probably looking at this like hey this has gotten a bit out of control and like you said it kind of got inflamed during the d'antonio era then you know harbaugh took a flame throw to it like harbaugh hasn't backed down either and i think the football is really where it's gotten toxic basketball has always had a, like a level of respect for one another with his own uh, beeline etc there's always been a level of respect there. So it's always been more fun with basketball. Football, I think, is season where we'll really find out where this rivalry is at as far as health-wise. I know I'm personally kind of out of it. I, I, I don't want to put up with it anymore. Like, I'm kind of tired of the whole toxicity. Like, it got really bad, and it's not how, how a sports rivalry should be, in my opinion. There should be some civility to this. Like, joking around, saying, like, oh, you know, like Michigan's NIT, NIT teams. Like, ho, ho, ho. I was like, okay, I don't care about that. But I, there's been some really deeply personal stuff that's happened in this rivalry. 
uh, with Michigan fans and MSU fans. And it's like, like grow up, like get, like get fucking real. Like, come on. Like it, it, like it's a sports rivalry. And ultimately we're all like, we're all from Michigan. We all care about the, you know, our two, like how the education works in our state. We all care about our universities, et cetera. It's really not like some life or death thing. And I think some, so I think some members of our both communities have taken it a step too far. So, you know, I, I think that I honestly will, because I think I've seen a lot of, you know, the majority of stuff I've seen is positive, but like people as humans, we tend to focus on the negative because that's just kind of a threat to our being. So, you know, mentally we tend to focus on dwelling that more, but I, I actually think things are getting better and I, I've seen less obnoxious, crazy stuff and more people kind of coming together, you know, as a result of this horrific tragedy um, that, I, that I did before. So, I mean, if that's, it, it, you know, hope that, you know, I, I guess that's kind of how I kind of feel about the whole thing. Yeah, I guess uh, I would just caution about reading too much into Twitter. I think that kind of brings out yeah. you know, the very worst of people. Um, but and it's been largely positive from what I've seen, the reaction. Um, so there's been a few yeah, bad apples on both sides. But I think uh, overall, I think it's been pretty positive. And then especially if you talk to people in person, um, yeah. that's where you really realize that, you know, we're all we're all friends here. Like I said, we're all friends and family. So. Um, yeah, I, I hope it uh, kind of turns a new leaf. And uh, I think most people are kind of sick of <laughs> how toxic it's gotten. Yeah, oh, it has. I mean, it has. It's 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 but it's just like a distinct toxicity. It's not the same as Michigan, Ohio State. I really don't know how to put it into words. But um, but at the same time, if I was a fan of like, let's just say like another school in the south or something completely disconnected from the region. I wouldn't. I would not miss a Michigan versus MSU game uh, in football or basketball because there's always something to see, and there's always uh, it, it, it's a really fierce rivalry. Um, I do think the toxicity has made it more like of a must-see kind of game, but that's more from an outsider's point of view. Uh, it probably serve both sides best if things cooled down, um, and that's you know maybe, maybe that's what does happen. Um, there's there's a long wait until football season and. I do see a lot of the other sports at Michigan uh, have been wearing uh, decals on the back of helmets uh, with the green heart on it to support the uh, victims and the campus over there at MSU. So, you know, maybe things cool down a bit by the time October 21st rolls around. Yeah, I hope so. Um, so, yeah, anything anything left with the MSU game? Actually, one thing on the on the whole like in-state rivalry thing, honestly, I think that is kind of a bit of a honestly, it's a bit of a selection bias thing. I I kind of you know I remember from my time in Florida with Miami FSU that that got pretty uh pretty toxic for a while. That that three-way rivalry between Florida, UF, and, and UM, uh, Miami. That is, I mean, I remember my time down there, and it was pretty uh there there was some toxicity there. And same with uh you know if you kind of like watch Texas Twitter, I have a lot of friends on UT Twitter. And I see a lot of crazy stuff going on over there too, in Iowa and Iowa State too. I, you know, I think Michigan, Michigan State, because it's two big, prominent brands, that there's probably more of it. But like, there's a lot of toxicity in some of these other rivalries. Like, I mean, you know, I'm not saying like Wake Forest, Duke is some crazy, you know, yeah, some crazy rivalry you have to, you know, must see TV or whatever. But you know, you have to realize these are two major brands, you know, located incredibly close. You know, it's 
it kind of is, you know, much see, you know, much watch TV in that in that kind of sense. But like, there is, there should be a level of civility to it. I mean, you know, like it's kind of like I, I go back to my time in Miami as well, where it was like, you know, Miami Notre Dame, and it was like there was just no respect at all in that rivalry. And it kind of feels like Michigan Michigan State is at the same kind of point, where you know you have the Catholics versus convicts, and you know it was just it was just incredibly toxic. A lot of close games. It kind of feels like Michigan Michigan State is at a similar point right now with you know the tunnel with Tunnelgate. Where it's just like, hey, things have just gotten a bit out of control, and you know, it, it, it to me it seems like things are getting a little bit better now. But as you guys said, there's still a lot of time to football season, and you know, so we, won't, we probably won't run into state. You know, maybe we may run into the Big Ten tournament, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm gonna be opt- more optimistic because I, I think that's how I want to live my life a little bit, and <laughs> like, you know, I think things are gonna get better. But, you know, we'll kind of just wait and see, you know, but I do think it is a little bit of selection bias, though. I think that there are some other rivalries that we don't see as much if you're not like really watching in. Some of these other rivalries are really crazy, like especially UF, uh, uh, you know, UF, FSU, UM, that that Florida, like three and UCF is now kind of in there as well. That little rivalry is very uh, incredibly toxic. Like it's the, the stuff that gets hurled around down there is kind of crazy. So that, that's kind of my two cents on it. Yeah, I think I've also heard that like Texas, Texas A&M is a big one um, where, you know, that one got a little toxic toward the end, maybe more yeah. really more than Texas, Oklahoma, which is what you traditionally see as the rivalry. So, yeah, I think some of those in-state rivalries, you know, when everyone knows each other, uh, yeah, it gets a little it gets a little extra personal uh, when that happens. Yeah, exactly. You're, yeah, you're te- them, you know? Texas, Texas A&M, that one's another really fierce one. Uh that that one is like uh, I would liken that one to Michigan MSU as far as the intensity. Um, yeah. and that one's going to come back too with uh, Texas oh, going sure. to the SEC. No, I'm excited. Right. I mean, now that I, I live pretty close to AM and UT, I could always just drive to a game and go see it, which I am very excited for the UT Michigan series. I'm still going to the one in Austin 27, but uh, no, I mean, it, it, it just kind of has that whole like that regionality to it. It's the most important thing. That's why like USC UCLA is so weird because like. like where they can have like a rival with like Rutgers or something because it's like New York, LA or something. It's going to be weird. Like, I, I just, you know, it's the whole uh, regionality of it's music most important. That's where we're really getting like the hatred from. But there is, okay, I also will say one more thing about UTA and M, actually. There is a little bit of respect between the two because to me, I don't view the two schools as the same. Like, they're very different culturally, in my opinion. Definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, AM definitely represents a certain type of Texas that UT just doesn't. I mean, I. Without getting too political, I mean, Texas A&M, I would say they're conservative. Texas yep. uh, at Austin, I'd say they're liberal. Yeah, they're more liberal. Yeah, it, it, it's it's UT and, and A&M to me are kind of a different situation because it's, like I said, it just represents two different sides. And I remember when I toured UT, I, I kind of toured around A&M as well. And I was coming out of high school. Like, I remember I talked to like, some Aggies like somewhere in Austin. Like, yeah, you know, like, we hate UT, but it's like a good school or whatever. And I was like, okay, like that's like, that's cool. There is supposed to be like some like – civility amongst the two and they're like hey you know like we love our school and our school's good too like check out whatever, like, yeah, or whatever i was like okay that's that's cool that you know it's like that but like i feel like with u of m and msu it's like no the other one's terrible and they suck at everything <laughs> it's like it's like okay relax a little bit like you know like that's kind of ridiculous and then both sides kind of participate in this whole the other side sucks at everything you know mentality and they're always wrong and we're always right i i just choose not to get involved in that it's it's definitely I would say it's the pettiest rivalry in the country. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> petty. yeah. I'd give it that. I, no, that I'd give it. I could definitely see that. 
Um, yeah, kind of on a different note, switching gears here, we did get a new uh, Gus Johnson nickname, I believe. Uh, Dougie Fresh. Is that new? Yeah, I've heard that one yet. I think that's the first Gus Johnson game. Uh, or at least the first time I've heard that one. Kind of an obvious one, but, uh, you know, Gus, I'm just, I'm just, Gus just likes those. I'm just glad we won that game with him on the call because Gus is a, he's a front runner. So whoever's winning the game, that's who he's pumping the tires of. Oh man. So was it Malik Hall that just had a couple of thunder dunks? No, I think that, um, one was Atkins. that, that was crazy. That dunk was uh, awesome, at, Yeah. Okay. I think Malik Hall had some nice plays too, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Atkins or Akins had that one, um, the really big one. Uh, and yeah, I thought Gus was going to lose his mind. I love Gus. I, I saw some taste like people don't like Gus Johnson, and I was like, "What are you guys talking about? Gus is amazing." You know, I, I don't get yeah. that at all. Only... Yeah, I can see if you're on the wrong side of some of those games, I can see yeah. it. But, but yeah, we've had a couple couple fun Gus games uh, in the past couple of years. So I love Gus at the moment. I don't mind if it's like, you know, like I'm on the other side of it. Like the only call he ever made in his entire career, I, I just like rolled my eyes back, was that one versus Ohio State, Maryland, where I think it was Ward or something. It was number 12, one of the corners, like had like a uh, behind the behind the line tackle on some like Maryland wide receiver. He said, you got barbecue back there and you didn't invite me. I was like, Gus, shut up. That's so stupid. <laughs> Gus, be quiet. That doesn't make any sense. Like, what are we talking about, Gus? Every other call I just love though. That only that only that call I whenever see him like Gus like it's like Gus Johnson call highlights or whatever. That's the only call in his entire career. Where I was like, wow, come on, dude. Like that was terrible. That was so forced. You did not need to say that. But like I just love his energy. Like I think he's honestly he's my favorite announcer working. Like actually, him and Joel Klatt are just incredible together. And he's great in basketball too. But like him and Joel Klatt, man, I'm so happy we signed with Fox and we have to deal with you know. Any other announcers out here? I, I love those two. I, I think Gus is, Gus is by far my favorite. Yeah, those two are an absolute great combo. I love those two uh, when they're announcing our games. I'd be upset when it was like if it was us versus UConn or something, and it's like you know, it's like August, it's like eighty nine degrees, and we have to go stand up there in the in the middle of the Michigan heat. I, I'd be pissed off that we're not listening to Gus and Joel at home. You know, that's how good they are. You know, it's like they <laughs> they're that good. Like they're really awesome. I, I really do love. Them. I wish they had prime time like seven p.m. Ooh, that'd be incredible. I really wish they didn't do Big Noon and they had like a 7 p.m. slot or something. I mean, in addition to Gus and Joel, we're going to have uh, next year, we're going to have uh, Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson, unfortunately, but <laughs> on CBS. And then uh, I think I think it's is Mike Tirico still with NBC? Not quite sure, but that's they. Ha- I believe they have the Big Ten night games in ne- starting next season. Which is going to be weird with Notre Dame. Right, so is Notre Dame going to get like never a night game now like how's that going to kind of work yeah i'm not i'm not quite sure um but i mean if they ever decide to grow up and do, join a conference like for real <laughs> i mean that tv deal is already kind of built in i mean i you know i'm just saying i you know i, I we could have a whole Notre dame conversation everyone knows how i kind of feel about that i'm, I'm willing to do that in the pod one time but like, i won't get into into it now but like it's gonna be weird i, I think they're hiring a whole new team with nbc though if I've heard correctly, but I'm not entirely sure as of right now, which could be interesting. So, I mean, you know, it could, could be really good or really crappy, but like it, is it going to work for like every week we have like a, like a different first choice. Like one week it'll be like Fox is the first choice. The other is like 
you know, NBC, one's CBS, or is, how's that exactly going to work? I'm not sure the details. I, I think Fox does get priority, though, just because they've been with the Big Ten on the network for a long time. Ugh. Without derailing the conversation too much here. <laughs> I mean, we can have, like, like you said, the tangents are the best parts, you know. Like, I, I'm, I'm yeah. Like, it's either this or the Wisconsin game, so. Yeah, and, you know what? I, I, you know, I'll just get the, the quick Wisconsin style of the way, and then I'll go back. Is it one of the most embarrassing games in Michigan history? And it's all staying on it. They ought to be to discuss themselves for how to perform that game. Other than that, uh, you know, moving on to the, you know, how it kind of works. Look, I mean, like, we're, we're like the first true national conference besides maybe the Big 12, if we're going to give them that credence, which I might, if they sign like San Diego State. Like, you know, I, I'm kind of a kind of a fan of like us going like, hey, I don't really care what the SEC does. Let's go November, 7 p.m., Penn State, Ohio State, you know, prime time. Like, I'm down for it, you know. I'm, like, who cares? Like, I mean, we're, we're the one national conference. Like, I mean, like, I hate to sound like arrogant or whatever, but like, I think we are. Like, we have UCLA, USC, and we're probably bound to add others, you know. Well, let's do it, you know. Like, let's just kind of go all out and have, like, the biggest, craziest game of the week. Like, screw what the SEC's doing. We don't really need to care. Focus on them. Let's just focus on ourselves. That's kind of what I feel like is kind of emerging. You got the Big Ten and SEC, and it's just going to wind up. I mean, we talked Power Five. I think it's just going to be Power Two, and both of them are going to just get bigger and bigger, and you'll just have those two, and the champion of those two is like the national champion. Which would be cool. It's going to work out. Okay, it's going to be kind of cool. Like, here's my hot take on this. I hope the those two conferences expand as much as humanly possible. Because it's going to lead to more regionality. If we have just the Big Ten and SEC, we'll essentially just have like a Big Ten Pac-12 merger, and then an SEC would be an SEC ACC merger, and you kind of get more like localized matchups. Like in a weird way, it kind of works better because you can't like play all twenty teams in the Big Ten or whatever. Like that's just not going to work. It's just under the Big Ten banner, so there's going to be like a West division where it's like Oregon, SC, UCLA, and Washington. Let's say hypothetically. Or if we add additional, you know, to be Cal, Stanford, or whatever, then we got that kind of little division. Then we have like a Midwest little division, like Illinois, Northwestern, et cetera, Purdue. And then we have like the Michigan sector and all that, and the Ohio sector, and like with Penn State and, you know, Rutgers, Rutgers out there by themselves doing whatever they do. But like it, it kind of, in a weird sense, it kind of works in an interesting way where we can kind of have more regionality in a strange sense, which is kind of what I hope happens. Like I, I've totally flipped on this. Like I used to be like, oh, I don't care about the conference expanding. Like, now I'm like, let's just do it. Because we get, like, way better matchups, I think. So, uh, yeah, my proposal for the the name of the Big Ten West will be the Pac-10. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than Legends and Leaders. Um, yeah, this is kind of... Okay, I'll be that guy. I don't mind it that much as far as the names. They weren't that bad. Legends and Leaders? <laughs> That, look, look, it's like, okay, like, leaders in the best, like, legends or whatever. <laughs> look, look, it doesn't really matter that much. Like, I, I think people look way too much into it, and then we result in East-West, which is, it, like, objectively worse. East-West has been a terrible way to set the divisions. Oh, I think the, uh, the, I think the non-geographical divisions were definitely the better choice to have. I just, the names were, I mean, they could have went with, like, lakes or plains or something like that. See, that's, I, I would have preferred that. <laughs> like, I, like I, I'm not, I'm just saying, like, People getting up in arms about leaders and legends is like one of the weirdest sports things I've ever seen. It doesn't matter that much. <laughs> like, like I, I remember people being like a real tizzy about it too, being like, "Oh no, we're leaders and you're legends or whatever." Like Mich- Michigan's in the legends, right? 
Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, it's the opposite of Ohio State's the leaders, and it's like what? <laughs> like, like people's like that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just a division name. Like, let's relax. And then they're like, no, we got to have Iowa in the Big Ten championship every year. <laughs> like, like it just it did not work out well. Like. For as, for as crazy as the ACC is, I, I do kind of like how they had it set with Atlantic and Coastal. Even though the Coastal was, like, the worst division ever. That that division was terrible. But, like, I appreciate that it was kind of random in a weird sense. I think we should just have a red division. I think we got enough teams to put all the red teams in one division and then you know uh, every everyone else in the other one. Yeah, we got we have we have reds and non-reds. You know, I'd be down for yeah. that. We do have so many red teams. I hate it. I actually really hate it. Yeah, some teams need to some schools need to switch their colors, I think. I think Nebraska, uh, yeah, you guys are the odd men out. Um Rutgers just find something new. Um yeah, yeah. What, why is Wisconsin red? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah, so Ohio State, they they're scarlet. Uh the Hoosiers are crimson. Uh, so, you know, they, they get to keep that. Um, yeah, if you're just red and white, uh, it's time to find some new colors. I do love how we're amazing. That's my stance. I, I do love that we're like an individualized color scheme. Like I like schools that are like, yeah, this is our color scheme. Like We're the only ones with this color scheme. I hate yeah. it. like a Texas Tech, like red, black. And then Rutgers is like red, white, black. I, I just hate, I hate the same color scheme. Like, shout out to UCLA. At least UCLA and USC have that right coming in, you know? They might be in LA, Big Ten country, but, uh, yeah, at least they have the colors right. Yeah, so that's a weird – another weird thing I was thinking of beforehand. I can see them trying to force a rivalry between UCLA and Ohio State and then USC and Michigan. For some reason, that's that's the, the way those go. Because you know there's going to – you know they're going to force some rivalries there. Well, uh, and, yeah, it's just the blue versus happened. red. Yeah. Yeah. As long as we wear our USC, are we wear our home uniforms at USC? I do not care. We could play them like on the moon. I'd be happy. Like I, yeah, I, I mean, want to just play that. I'll play them in their home uniforms, kind of like UCLA does, because their home uniforms and our home uniforms together in the same field would be incredible. That would be a sick matchup. We should be doing that against Ohio State every single year, and Ohio right. State should not be wearing alternate uniforms ever against Michigan. The gray ones were disrespectful. If they were the black and red ones, I'd be like, okay, those are cool. Objectively, like, hey, I hate them. Those are cool uniforms. Like, kill me. I agree with the uh, with the no alternate uniforms in that game. That's just like a slap in the face to the history of the the rivalry on both sides. But uh, to me, the white jerseys for like the road team, those are, have been around so long. They're just they're a part of it. So I mean, I would kind of be sad to see those go away in those games. But at the same time, Michigan and Ohio State have clashed um, with their home uniforms before. It was just in like the forties back when before white jerseys were a thing. Okay, that's that's you not a bad point about with, the white jerseys. Period. You know, hot take. Sure. <laughs> like, look, that'll, I, that'll really force everyone to get your own exactly, uniform combo no, and I'm helmet. That extreme about it. Like, we could have a whole uni talk right here. I mean, like, I, I, I was thinking about this the other day with Michigan sports. I, if we wear the white top with the blue pants again, I swear I might puke. I, I never want to see that again. <laughs> Like it's in Michigan football history, like they better never do it again. And by God, by God, if we ever wear maize tops and blue pants, 
I will never donate or associate with this university again. I swear to God, <laughs> that's the worst combo ever. I've seen recruits wear that stuff. I'm like, dude, like you better never, ever, ever. That equipment department better ever, ever. Like, please show them this video. Please say never, dear God, please never wear that uniform combo. Please, like, please get, like, like wear anything else. Like, even like, even like blue tops, white pants, which would also suck, is considerably better. If you wear a May stop blue pants, um, uh, I'm done, dude. Like, blue top white pants would be pretty bad. I, I'm, I'm out on that bad. one too. It, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, but it's it's not worse than May's top blue pants. May's mm-hmm. top blue pants is is like like a West Virginia nightmare. Like that's that's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> the, the the blue jersey with the white pants also sounds like West Virginia. I can't even really picture that in my mind. Um, I've seen Will Johnson wear it in his recruiting visit. That's where I saw it. Oh really? Time. Okay, I gotta look that up. Yeah, Mason Graham also took pictures with the blue yeah. jersey, white pants. They like it. I don't mind that one as much as I wear the maze top blue pants. I swear to God, we better never wear that jersey. I swear to God, I, I couldn't do it. I'd rant the whole game about it. Oh my God. <laughs> like you would see a Twitter rant for the ages if that happened. It, the white jerseys, it's, it's actually interesting because, um, so white is obviously not one of our colors. Um, the only reason white jerseys are really even a thing is because back when TV was just first starting out televising uh, college football games, you needed to distinguish the two jerseys from each other because it was black and white. So you had one team wear white and one team wear their color. And that's that's really why everyone has a white jersey, even though a lot of schools don't have white as a color. So they're kind of obsolete and pointless if you think about it. Yeah, and like... Another take about like Michigan's jerseys are like, why are we wearing white on white as well? Like, why do we have white pants? Like, I miss the main. Okay, I, I like the white on white every once in a while. I don't mind I like that. It every once in a while, I don't like how it's our main primary away uniforms. I'd like the white on maize pants. Like, I think I think the white on maize has kind of been our primary. So last year we did a lot of blue pants, which was. Just um, and Will Johnson, I'm looking it up now. I, I can't find that picture, but he in high school he had the blue top white pants, so maybe that sparked something in his mind. But uh, so yeah, the blue pants. I think we've overdone it a little bit in uh, the past year. Um, yeah, it was kind of cool in 2021, oh, 2022. Right. We ran it into the ground a little bit. I do prefer the the white top of the maze pants, but I, I do like the all whites here and there. It'd be cool for like big away games. If that was like our big away game jersey, and then we had like our normal aways with like the maze pants. Because like you know, we're all, I think us three, you know, you know, all three of us are from the era of having maze pants, be the away pants. Yep, we all remember yep. that. To me, that's just how Michigan away uniforms look. Like it's yeah. just kind of in my brain. Like we, it's yeah, we've gotten so far away from the maze pants on the road. Where now when we wear them, I'm like, oh, this is different. But it's it's it not look better. I yeah, think it look better. like that's just my opinion. They look a lot better, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. I'm looking at JJ McCarthy stomping in the end zone at in Columbus right now, and he looks pretty good in white pants. So no, the whites on whites are cool. That's a really cool moment too, especially yeah, the flag. I'm, I'm messing around. Look, I love the white on whites, but like they gotta be like it's gonna be like, okay. We have our big game blues at home, and then we have like the big game, you know, stormtroopers away. That's how I feel. That's. That, like we can kind of do that. I, I I would settle for that middle ground, you know. All right. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree with anything. Uh, yeah, May's top with the blue pants. That's that's nonsense. But let the kids do it on their recruiting visit if that's what they want. If that's what a seventeen-year-old wants to do, you know. 
to commit to Michigan. Let him do it. Here, dude. <laughs> yeah. I swear. But I will say one other final uniform take. Those 2011 under the lights uniforms are fire, and please bring them back. Those are so cool. With the big M's on the front. Oh, my God. I yeah. Just, I want those. I want those back. Or at least some uh, alternate. I want, I want an alternate. Or to even bring a, a kick it over to basketball. Do you remember the Adidas bleed out uniforms? So they were all maize with maize numbers and maize socks. Those were maize so socks. cool. I'm sorry. Those are so yeah. cool. Love them. I, I mean, one person that likes them. <laughs> no, I love them. When I think them. of Trey Burke, that's what I think of. I think yep. of just the all maize. No, it's a dope so. game. Yeah, that was a cool game. No, that was a cool uniform. And like the only ones that they really did us dirty was that like that weird blue, like the tire tread. Yeah. The tire tread. And then like the tiger, like marks all over the place where it's like the digital scratch or whatever. That was weird too. That was actually our last the season. Yeah. Yeah. The that was tire actually... team tracks. Yeah. His final year of Adidas. Yep. It was, so I kind of think they were doing us dirty there and just like, cause they, they knew. Were. <laughs> no, they were doing Miami as well. I remember I was watching them at that time too. And it's like all the Adidas schools had that like tire track going on. I was like, what are like Adidas, I'm, I'm just thank God we're not on Adidas. That's like the best thing ever is we're not on Adidas. That's or Under Armour for that matter, dear God. Or uh, did you know Boston College? They're with New Balance now. <laughs> they're with New Balance. Yeah, for oh, all they, sports, they have been for a while. Yeah. Really, I thought they were Under Armour. I think Under Armour dropped them because they were losing a lot of money. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, like New Balance. Okay, I'll get New Balance could make something cool. Like they could do it. Where they could have like a cool uniform here and there or something. Just saying, I think they could do it. Like some cool shoes. I have, I have, they have quais and stuff like that. If we had like a Puma school, let's say like you know like I don't know, OU is like we're the first Puma school. I'd be down for that. We actually uh, we've worn Pumas before. Uh, Billy Taylor from Michigan football in 1971. He wore, he rocked maize and blue Pumas. Bo let him do it. See, we should bring that. That's a tradition. We should bring back. <laughs> I would really be the first Puma school. That would be a. I think it's a school that needs to like save their brand a bit. Would would have to go Puma. Yeah. Like oh, UCLA or something. What school is it? Like Clemson with the Pumas because they're like cats. So they're like. Yeah, that's where I'm going to. Some cat school. Or Auburn, just because they don't have enough weird stuff going on with their mascots. <laughs> But, like, back to my point, Michigan does need a cool alternate. And, like, I'll even be the radical one, and I'll be the one to say it. One game a year, I'd be cool trying out a different helmet. I know. No, I'm out no. on that. Yeah, yeah I can't do it. Take. I know. That's the one take I can't, it's, I can't push. But, like, look, one game a year, I'd love to see, like, a Wolverine helmet where it's, like, the old-style Wolverine. I think that'd be sick. Just once. Like, all blew out just, like, once. For, like, a crappy game that no one cares about. Not, like, versus a good team. Like. I'd be down for the spring game. Spring game would be cool. I now that's now that's now you're spitting game a little bit. I I, I, I okay. can get down with that one. You know, but I'm saying like if we play like we're playing UNLV week one, what's a reason to watch it? Like we know what the uniform, like we know what it's gonna be. Why not just like hey, you know what? Have the have you know a little Wolverine on the side of it. It'd be kind of cool. It's different, you know. I'll tell you why. Because teams that change their helmet every year are unserious. <laughs> I know that that is your take, but like look. The Wolverine's cool. I mean, you got to use it more. We don't use the Wolverine enough. I agree with that. Wolverine I, is cool. I wouldn't be surprised if someday that becomes like our primary logo. Maybe uh, instead of the M, like instead of the under the lights jerseys, uh, stick a Wolverine on there one time. That'd be dope. I'm just, just talking out loud here. 
Um, but yeah, people forget that <laughs> that under the lights game was ninety percent just such a garbage game where for the last three minutes. I, I remember my buddy asked me if I wanted to leave. I was like, ah, say, and uh, glad we didn't. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, was, yeah lucky you, man. Good job. I was the even, lights, but I wasn't at the first. To even be there, it was just amazing. I remember that was like one of the hardest tickets to get. First yeah, I was a, I was a student, so uh, oh, wow, that was yeah part of my package. But uh, yeah, one of the best games I've ever been to for sure. Yeah, we need to we need to rewrite the annual Notre Dame game. Those cowards need to play us. I want that game so bad, just for my like we'll just, family reasons. Oh, I need that game. The chaos of that game can never be topped. I don't think. No, I like. Go ahead, WD. It was, yeah. I mean, the absolute chaos at the end. We 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 won it, and then we lost it, and then we won it again. Yeah, Jeremy Gallon disappeared. He was wide open somehow. He's him. He's, he that, turned he's, on the invisibility cloak. That's a legend right there. Jeremy Gallon is maybe maybe did the most with the least out of any Michigan wide receiver in history. He was like five ten, and could just go up and get the ball. Um, Jeremy Gallon was cool, man. Roy Roundtree, too. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Gallon was great. Junior Hemingway, another one who just like Junior didn't Hemingway look like great. much, but could go up and get a get a ball. Um, shout out to Martavius Odoms. Uh, great guy. I talked to him on the bus one time. What's that? Is Ronnie Bell in this little category? Ronnie yeah. Bell. I think Ronnie oh, Bell is wow. too productive to be in this category. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. That's true, but he is—he's going to go down as like a, like a cult legend, you know, Ronnie Bell for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, Jeremy Gallon did have like—I think he still has the most receiving yards in a game. Yep. Um. So you know, he was also the production was there. So, yeah, yeah that, that that game Indiana was the game Indiana decided to not put anybody on him for the whole game. Genius. Smart. Yep. I wonder why Indiana's a. Such a top tier football program. <laughs> People wonder why. But yeah, speaking of teams from Indiana, we got to get Notre Dame back on schedule. I don't, I don't care what it takes. I want to pull them. I want to beat them. I've had enough of these clowns. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean, the last game we played them, that was a fun one. Um, in the rain, that was a fun one. Soaked, completely soaked. That was a fun game. Uh, Hassan Haskins hurdled the fool. Um, maze out. I think a lot of fun stuff there. Do you remember the uh, the towel that someone threw and it hit the Notre Dame guy in the face, and then it co- one yeah. another one hit the cameraman and covered the camera yeah. entirely. Yeah. Was that yeah? Because that was that the refs made a bad call or something, and uh, yep. yeah, someone threw a towel and it, like stuck on a helmet or something. I remember that. <laughs> I remember the the year before the Brandon Wimbush game. That that game was a. Total slug. That game sucked. That game was not fun. It's not bad. That was well, the wor- yeah. And the worst part is he wound up getting benched like a week later. Dude, Brandon Wimbush was awful. If anyone had to watch that, dude, I had to watch a little bit because my family. I was like, dude, what the hell are we watching with this guy? I hate Brandon Wimbush. That's an athlete <laughs> I'm just not a fan of. And he thought he was like, he thought he was so sick when he transferred to UCF. Oh my god, he was so obnoxious. People thought he was so good. Oh my god, he's like he's in the Shane Bouchelle like era of quarterbacks where I'm like, dude, 
they just thought like people were talking like he was good. I was like, there's no way this guy's that good. Even though Shane Bouchel's like in the NFL and Brandon Wimbush is probably like a quarterback's Instagram coach somewhere. Like there's no chance. Like it, it like I just, I can't stand Brandon Wimbush. Oh, I can't stand Notre Dame players. I just can't. They suck. Oh. And there's, there's my rant about that. But the one place we could beat Notre Dame is in recruiting, especially now with uh, Chris Partridge back. So, you know, that's a nice little segue, but uh how are we feeling about that? Yeah, I like that, that segue. Um, well, love to see Chris Parcher's back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, happy trails to George Hilo. But, yeah, Chris Parcher's back here to save Michigan recruiting. How do we feel, WD? Uh, I, love the, I love the move to bring him back. Um, it kind of sucks to see George Hilo go. I mean, he was a coach on two Big Ten championship teams, but I wish him all the best. Nothing personal. Uh, just you know, retooling the staff and making improvements where we need to make them. Um, Partridge is obviously an A-plus recruiter. Remember all the guys he brought in here. Uh, so, I mean, it's definitely getting adding another bullet and a, uh, a much more potent one at that. Um, I, I really uh, am looking forward to him maybe reopening the door to New Jersey because, you know, after he left, that kind of completely slammed shut. Yeah, I would uh, love another Jabril Peppers or Rashawn Gary. So anytime Chris Partridge wants to pull one of those. Uh, Does he yeah, have any, any more thoughts, Pillion? <laughs> <laughs> In this era of recruiting, I mean, who knows if he's going to be the same level of effectiveness as he was, you know, honestly. Yeah, I, I remember uh, some rumors that Rashawn Gary turned down like 400 grand from Clemson or something like that. In like a house or something. I don't even remember. Well, I'm um, we allegedly. No way. Because this Jubil Peppers one was the only one where I was like, for sure, there's something going on here. There's no way. I don't think. Uh, yeah, that was actually uh, that was Brady Hoke who uh, signed Peppers. Actually. Yeah. He had the rap. Yeah, he had the rap on my TV. Yeah, I remember that. I do remember. Yeah, that. Peppers stuck around through the 2014 season. So. Right? Am I wrong? Yeah, he's a Wolverine yeah, he for life. Yeah. yeah, he was a he was a freshman. He got hurt, but he was around in the 2014 season. So I love Jabril Peppers. Man, shout out to Jabril Peppers. Yeah, I own his jersey. I, I own two Michigan jerseys. It's Devin Gardner and, and Jabril Peppers. Damn. <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent choices. <laughs> no, I'm gonna get a Corum one. I, I Corum and Loveland, I think. I'm gonna get one of those two this season. I gotta like wait for the NIL jerseys to come out. So I want to buy them for them so I can get the money. You know, so I'm kind of waiting on that, but I'm going to get either one of those two. I'm not quite sure which one I'm going to get, but either Loveland for the memes or Quorum because I, I like I just love like Quorum. Like, I, I just love them. But, and uh, speaking of jerseys, uh, we got the spring roster just officially dropped today. Uh, and yeah. Oran Walker, he is listed as receiver slash defensive back and is now wearing number one. Jade McBurrows. What? <laughs> Where's Jade McBurrows? <laughs> McBurrows is still Not number true. one as well. What? Okay, that's dumb. That's dumb. They they got to change that number. One of those two guys got to change the number. They will. It'll be uh, whoever wins the position. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah, that's usually how it it works. If two guys have it in the spring, they they have they compete for it. Um, and then another number change I'm just noticing right off the bat is uh, Tyler Morris is uh, he switched from number fourteen to number eight. Oh, a little, little Ronnie Bell disciple. Yeah, I like number 13, though. He should have stayed at 13. I like 13. Or 13, sorry. Yeah. 
but you know, hey, with you know Chris Partridge back, you know maybe we recruit some more of those like uh, you know Marion Walker type freaks. You know, I didn't really you know get to say much about you know Partridge, but like I did want to say, hey, the linebackers didn't really perform as well as I thought they would last year, so maybe this is a step in the right direction. You know, with Junior Colson and stuff like that. You know, a lot of the guys like Hausman coming in. Like you know, we have a lot of good linebackers this year. I feel like so. Hope with Partridge coming in, you know, we'll see in the spring spring game, you know, some of these position changes that uh, we see some improvement in the linebackers. That was that was a position group. I'd say I, I was the only one I was disappointed with this year. So, you know, let's let's. I, I think he can get us back on track and get some get some good recruiting, but we'll kind of see how that goes. But I mean, I'm I'm excited for the spring game. It's what April first. Yes, it is April first, Saturday, April first, same day as the uh, as the uh, <laughs> as the hash bash. So. That's going to be a busy day in Ann Arbor that day. <laughs> no extracurricular activities for anyone. No, I, I don't know. I don't really understand. Well, I can go into that in another podcast, I guess. Um, but uh, the uh, hash cold, bash pod. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> WD featuring the, the hash bash pod. <laughs> 50 milligrams. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say before we get off topic, I just, I don't see the point of that anymore. It's legal here. So yeah, like, it's more tradition at this point. I hate yeah. that though when I was on campus. I no, that. no. Yeah. It, it brings in, um, it brings in some interesting people. Shall we say it's more about like, I don't want to get contact time. I wait to, you know, micro econ or something. That was like, <laughs> yeah. doing. I had like a quiz or something that day. I was like, this is ridiculous, dude. Like, I was like, this is absurd. Like, please leave me alone. Like, I'm not trying to, like, buy your weed. Like, is it on a Saturday? Yeah, it is. Same day as the spring game. I I never remember. I don't, I don't think I ever went to Hash Bash. Bash. Yeah, you weren't missing much. I mean, I mean yeah, you could pretty not... much. I'd rather just, just chill at home uh, as opposed to be out and roaming around like that. But, uh, um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but also uh, for Pilliam, uh, Cole Cabana, number 24. That's his jersey oh, number. Okay. Uh, hey, he's going to be so good. I can't wait till he breaks one off and I have like 20 Twitter notifications. Oh, it's going to be the best. Now, maybe that's the jersey I buy is Cole Cabana. And if he doesn't turn out to be good, that'd be really funny. <laughs> like, he's like, you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, you don't know. He's like 10 years old. I'm like, dude, you don't know how good he was. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's yeah, I might go. I mean, here, let me might go Blake Corum this year to be safe. You know, you can always get Cole Cabana next year. So, okay, here's the deal. I, like, I just moved to my new apartment. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about getting a frame something. I already have a frame big house, but like, I want to get a frame jersey. It's like signed and considering who to get. And I, I'm thinking Corum because, like, can't go wrong with Blake Corum. Like, he's he's the Michigan man, in my opinion. Like, he's like the most Michigan man ever. In my yeah. You know, so it's like I can't go wrong with that, but at the same time, like Colson Loveland's like the guy I picked. Like he's the guy. Like true. Maybe you get the quorum for the sign jersey and then the Loveland uh to wear around. That's a lot of money to rep, spend. rep your guy. <laughs> <laughs> you got I, the I new job Colson. starting soon. Yeah, I got the job start soon. So like let's wait a couple paychecks for that. But like, yeah, no, I, I know how it is. Yeah, you know how it works. So you know, I mean yep. I got to get one of them. I got to get one of them, you know, sound off in the, in the comments when we post this, which jersey I should get. Uh, my heart leans with Corum, but like my, my, my head says Colston Loveland, you know, and then my soul says Cole Cabana. So I'm not quite sure which one to get, you know. Maybe we'll do a Twitter poll. 
which jersey should that. I buy? And then we tag Fells. Fells one hundred. Some Loveland jersey. And by the way, Fells, if you're listening to this, when's that jersey coming, buddy? We're still waiting. <laughs> I better, yeah, I'm actually gonna tweet him right now. Maybe he's waiting for the uh, for the NIL deals to come through too. Even a uh, even a sh- uh, Col- uh, Colston Loveland jersey or Cole Cabana jersey. Uh, would be enough, I feel like, for Fells if just because the jerseys are a lot, they're a lot of money, and they never yeah. seem to have them in stock, and I'm done either. Yeah, I still do not own a Michigan football jersey. I have a hockey jersey, and I bought that baseball jersey that you posted, WD, the yeah. pinstripe one. That one is love that. Yeah, that's a nice one. I'm excited to see the team wear it this year. We should get you a Cole Cabana jersey. Maybe, maybe the maybe it's not about me. You know, maybe this is about what jersey you should get. Me? Yeah. Uh, I have a strict policy of uh, not wearing a jersey of someone who's younger than me. So, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, Charles Woodson, maybe. Uh, Tom Brady. It is Brady. weird to get a jersey of someone younger than you. Yeah. I think Denard is Denard is a couple months older than me. He's the farthest I'd go. Okay, you can you, you find that off eBay or you can customize one. That'd be worth it. It's definitely on eBay for sale or something. There's no chance. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Denard's almost a year older than me. I have a, like the Devin Gardner Jabril Peppers is a mighty fine collection though. I got That's that's very nice. The, yeah, that's like that's like a it's kind of like American Psycho where it's like that's nothing, Bateman. <laughs> I'm kind of. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, WD. Who do you own? Uh, there's, there's, there's plenty of options out there uh, that I could pick for Jersey right now, especially with the NIL uh, having the names on the back, which is something I've always been waiting for. Even, I mean, if I could go back and tell ten-year-old me that someday this was going to be something that you know you could actually own as a jersey with the player's name on it, not just the blanks, I'd be probably pretty geeked but uh while i'm in school at least in the student section where things get pretty wild i'm just i'm just sticking with my like student t-shirt just so i don't get anything on the jersey if there's because you know you know how the student section is there's shit flying around all the time people are throwing bottles and stuff of yeah. uh, fireball and our people are dropping stuff so i don't want to spend a lot on a nice jersey and wear it to a game and just get nacho cheese or something on it from someone <laughs> stumbling over drunk yeah, my hockey jersey has a lot of stains on it, but you know, it gives us some character. Um, yeah, exactly. It's worn. I had that with my Devin Gardner jersey. Like it was worn. Yeah, it's the one they played uh, in in Soldier Field a few years ago. Um, it's kind of similar, actually, to the Under the Lights jersey. It has like uh, the stripes on it. Oh, that's cool. It's like off white. It's got the like the old fashioned M on the front. Oh, it's pretty right. cool. That was that that that. That game you were at, that's like a meme of an outdoor game. It was called the Hockey City Classic, and there were like maybe 10,000 people there. Oh, if that. It was <laughs> empty. Hockey City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we played – was that Michigan State? Yeah. Wait, there was a there was a Michigan-Michigan State game in Chicago? Yeah, a yeah, state – Soldier a, Field. A state that has no college hockey. <laughs> that is beyond stupid. Oh, my God. Next up is the is the outside hockey classic in Houston, Texas. Like, <laughs> like I mean, that's that's ridiculous. But yes. got some good jerseys out of it though. So, uh, speaking of uh, outdoor hockey games, 
Yeah, yeah. that was that was a well, bummer. Right at, but yeah, that that was a bummer, and that was that was a tough series. Ohio State's not a good matchup for us this year. They got a, a veteran laden team, and we have the young uh, first round draft pick, NHL talent. So um, those usually are tough matchups. We we dropped the season series uh, two one and one against them. We tied them, and then we beat them at Yost, and then we dropped two games to them. But uh, uh, you know, sometimes it happens, and uh, you know, there's we're in a great position to get the two seed in the Big Ten tournament coming up this weekend. Got two games against Notre Dame. Uh, we should we all we just got to take care of business against them, and we'll get the two seed and have home ice. Hey, look, Ohio State needs some. It's been a rough year. They need some. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I, I'm willing to give this to them if we keep you know, beating them in football. I could give that up out there. It's been a tough year for them. At Ohio State athletics is probably the most in the mud that I've ever seen. Yeah, their bad men's basketball is. Uh, yeah, uh, as bad as I've ever seen it. They're like three and thirteen in the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. But I will say this: Thornton's a baller. I like Thornton. I like that number ten kid. I forgot his name. I always forget his name, but he's got like, I think you know, he's he's the freshman. He's good. But like. Thornton and him, I like those two. Other than that, they got blown out versus Purdue. I watched a little bit of that. My God, that was terrible. Yeah, and my favorite thing was is is their fans attempting pretending they care about hockey. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. You can watch like Buckeye Federer. <laughs> he's trying his best. Yeah, I know. I, 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 you know, I don't feel bad for him. I love it actually. I'm having a great time. But they had to have something. You got to give like you know, it's like you know, you got to give them some so they you forget about football. You know. They have they have a worse beatdown coming up in November, so you know. It's, it's, oh yeah, and they're they're lucky. come out. They're, they're going to be very upset with me. And they're lucky we uh, the men's basketball team didn't get to play them in Columbus this year. We only got them once in Ann Arbor, um, which is so. ridiculous. Patently, that was absurd. Yeah, I, I think that game should be played home and uh, home and away every year. Yeah, no. Why why did the Big Ten do that? That was absurd when it happened. I was like, that's disgusting. <laughs> The only protected basketball rivalries that happen twice a year, no matter what, are Michigan, MSU, and IU Purdue. That's so dumb. That's absurd. Like, that makes no sense. Ohio State is an equal rival to them in basketball. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care. I know MSU's better, but like, you know, I, I still love playing Ohio State basketball. Uh, yeah, I'll push back on that a little bit. Although I agree that we should play them twice, I I do think MSU is the bigger basketball rival. Mm-hmm. Well, man, you know, I, I, if we could play Notre Dame in basketball twice here, I'd do that. Like, let's. I I I hate them all, you know, equally, lovingly. I, you know, I hate them all equally. You know. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned Notre Dame playing Notre Dame in basketball. We don't. That's it's very rare. It's in fact, it's only happened. No, it's ridiculous. Postseason, really, and uh, there was an interview. I can't remember what year. I think it was like. Before everyone hated him, but uh, Dave Brandon went on record and said, "Like Notre Dame's been ducking us in basketball for decades." They duck us in every sport. They are cowards. They're cowards, dude. That's why I hate him so much. Oh my god! I this is turning into my uh, my Notre Dame rant, but like, <laughs> I, but like now now that I got my 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 you know the blood pumping towards them, yeah, I, I just like forget forget I mentioned them, but like yeah. They're, they're bums. They're bums and they're losers. But, yeah, to me, like, Ohio State, like, Ohio State's a good basketball program. Like, let's not act like they're, like, some joke of a program, you know? Okay, no, so I have a little bit of a take on that. Um, I think, you know, the Holtman, uh, the fall of Chris Holtman is kind of something to keep in mind when we talk about Juwan Howard's job security. Can I go there? Yeah, for sure. Um, because, yeah, I mean, you know, you have these you have these coaches that have a good year or two. 
a little bit of third base uh, coaches going on, um, kind of flash in the pan sometimes. And, uh, yeah, Chris Holtman seemed to be doing a lot with a little for a little bit there at Ohio State. And, uh, you know, um, this year turns out that, uh, I don't know, kind of seems like it might be his last year. So um, I think that's one one thing you want to keep in mind when you're talking about, you know, getting rid of coaches, uh, looking for new coaches is, uh, yeah, I mean, they're not always as they seem. A lot of people were calling for Matt Campbell when, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh had one bad year. Um, yeah, the soup, the soup man. Now we got our own soup man. Um, yeah, so grass isn't always greener. Um, coaches aren't always what they seem. And Juwan Howard, I say we keep him for a little bit longer at least. Oh, for and sure. that's my rant. No, for sure. Like, we'd be moronic to uh, fire Juwan Howard now. He's like, it's his fourth year of head coaching experience. Like, yeah, that's another thing is just that's so, that's so little amount of time to be a head coach. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's doing, you know, it could be a little bit better, especially his end of game stuff, but uh, he's been very, he's gotten very close a lot of times. So um, I think it's only a matter of time before he uh, figures it out. Um, I think he could. No, like, I, I'm totally on board. I think the thing he's really got to figure out, though, in my opinion, is. We're getting good, talented players. It's just about like figuring them out how to use them properly. And he is getting better at it, like, especially this uh, MSU game. I saw with a lot of Terrace and Dickinson. I was like, okay, we're actually exploiting a matchup. But that's what happens when you put Barry Sanders' son on, on your team or whatever. It's like, you know, you have no centers. Like, so why not have two just massive humans in there that can't, you know, like, like what can you do exactly? So it was, you know, like we're seeing more of that from Juwan. I think same with Ohio State. I think Ohio State firing Chris Holman would be a very dumb move. Like after one bad year, like no way, like that'd be that'd be ridiculous. I mean, he's taking him to the tournament like every year except this year, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And yeah, sounds right. yeah, I think so too. He's like a five year streak or something. Yeah, ridiculous. Don't fire him. Like, but yeah, he's been seen as basically a pretty great coach uh, up until this year. So exactly, um, yeah. That, that'd be and now everyone's turning on him. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think Juwan, you know, he's got he's had a lot to learn um yeah it's not just about x's and o's with basketball it's about roster construction uh well for every sort of head coach but yeah roster construction uh playing your players uh getting guys to buy into the, your program so um yeah it's it's tough so get give him a break that's that's my stance yeah i mean he's got uh, two sweet 16s an elite eight a big 10 championship uh, all in four years, and he's four and four against our our tribal. Um, so I mean that's pretty good. And for four years, I mean, and that's that's you also have that first year where that team could have won something. You know, we they're we're getting hot kind of at the end of that first season of his, but then COVID hit and put a stop to everything. So who knows? Maybe there would be even more success in a tournament. You I mean he? It's not like we're not winning in March, which are there's a lot of other places that would kill to have the uh, run we have had in the sweet 16s getting there every year minimum yeah i think that first year we absolutely could have seen a final four or, or elite eight if not better i mean you know like i mean we're getting hot right now you know if we're being honest like i mean i, I hate to be the guy but i mean i think with this team versus records i mean obviously a big concern they have a really good center and it's hard to play at the rack but like you know like if we beat Rutgers, that's a good win like Rutgers is a really tough team they play great defense they're on that program's like 
turn it out full, full, full steam ahead. But they have an injury. So, I mean, you know, they, they have a potential injury. And what's his name? I want to get his name. Uh, Caleb McConnell. And he's, you know, a pretty good senior guard. So he's a senior leadership player. That could help us a lot. I mean, you know, you never want to see an injury. But, like, a guy potentially being out could help us, you know, coming into the tournament. I mean, if we went out, we'd do kind of well in the tournament. You know, I mean, we're starting to be in that considered kind of area of bracketology. So, I mean, it could happen. You know, I mean, like, I'm not going to say it will, but, like, this team needs to get hot. Like, how they played versus State. Like, they, 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 that was the first time all year I've been, like, super happy with how the team's played. Like, I was actually very happy. I was very pleased with how they played. So, that's kind of all I really want to see from the, from the rest of the season. You know, we can't really talk tournaments like one game. It's like surviving advance type feeling on this part of the season. Yeah, so we've been on the wrong end of a lot of close games. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, everyone's got to do their job. Players got to make plays at the end. People got to make shots. So, um, yeah, it's been, you know, a team effort. But, yeah, it really feels like uh, this team is pretty close, I think. And, uh, yeah, hopefully they can make some noise in the Big Ten tournament. Sure. So does that uh, wrap it up? That could just about do it um yeah you guys have anything else you want to talk about i think we covered a lot of ground yeah all right I think we're sitting pretty well you know I mean, we got some you know just excited for you know the coming weeks with you know michigan basketball excited to see how it progresses michigan hockey as well excited to see how things progress and uh you know then i'm excited for you know, the football offseason because you know we've got some fun stuff probably planned for that and We'll, we'll, we'll have some fun with that, you know. We'll, we'll do some uh, some fun stuff. So just looking forward to it, you know. So things are gonna be going well. Yeah, and looking forward to Marion Walker as uh, CB two. Okay, okay, <laughs> relax. <laughs> oh, Jade McBurrow, some respect. No, McBurrow's great player. Whoever wins, I'm sure will be great. So yeah, it's gonna be Jade McBurrow. Come on, give her. No, Marion Walker is really good too. Don't think this is a shot in the ten. This is me just hyping up a random player again. <laughs> all right uh well yeah thanks guys thank you everybody for listening uh this was fun and see you next time oh and one WD, more. do you want to take us out yep just before i forget uh it has been 1179 days and counting since ohio state has beaten michigan it's a lot of days go blue go blue, go blue. all right see you guys yep